In this episode of the Business of E-Commerce, I talk with Connor Foley about how to drive traffic to your Amazon listings. This is the Business of E-Commerce, episode 91. Today's episode is sponsored by Drip. Drip is the world's first e-commerce CRM and a tool that I personally use for email marketing and automation. Now, if you're ever in an e-commerce store, you need to give Drip a try, and here's why. Drip offers one-click integrations from both Shopify and Magento. There's robust segmentation, personalization, and revenue dashboards to give you an overview of how your automation emails are performing. One of my favorite features of Drip is the Visual Workflow Builder. It gives you a super easy way to build out your automation world visually and see the entire process. It lets you get started quickly, but also build very complex automation roles. It's powerful, but also easy to learn, unlike a lot of email tools that offer the same type of automation. To get a demo of Drip today, you can go head over to drip.com BOE. That's drip.com BOE. Now, onto the show. Welcome to the Business of E-Commerce, the show that helps e-commerce retailers start, launch, and grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Plesky, and I'm here today with Connor Foley. Connor is the co-founder and CEO of Downstream, an e-commerce advertising technology company based in Seattle. Co-founded by a pair of Amazon veterans, Downstream's Amazon marketing platform applies machine learning to provide brands with an overwhelming competitive advantage selling on Amazon. I asked Connor on the show today to talk about how you can drive additional traffic to your Amazon listings. So, hey, Connor, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Awesome to have you on the show. I'm super excited to talk about Amazon and kind of how to use um, advertising to drive traffic. Um, so is that primarily kind of, is that the primary channel, right? If you're selling on Amazon and you want to get more traffic, is there anything you can do organically or is um, paid kind of the next step at that point? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, more and more, uh, it is becoming a, a pay-to-play channel. Uh, the reality of, of traffic on Amazon is that the, the lion's share of it moves through search. And nowadays, uh, with Amazon's advertising and, and sponsored ads specifically, uh, pretty much everything above the fold is a paid placement. So the bulk of all clicks are paid placements. And, and Amazon's advertising units do have a, a very high click-through and conversion rate. So while there still is a, a significant amount of traffic that moves through you know, organic search, um, an increasingly large share is going through uh, paid, specifically uh, sponsored ads. Got it. And when you're saying sponsored ads, it's basically, let's say someone searches for you know blenders, right? The sponsored ads are the top three, and then everything organic basically starts on the second row at that point. And it's almost always the top three at this point. That's right. That's right. So there's two primary units when it comes to search advertising on Amazon. There's your sponsored products units, which have the little sponsored in the corner, appear very organic. And then there's sponsored brands or what was previously known as headline search, which is the big graphical unit uh, across the top and now beginning to distribute more inventory uh, across the page. And Amazon is constantly testing um, how they can increase the, the ad load within search. Um, so you'll find that there are sponsored products units now in the middle of search or towards the bottom. And, you know, the, the thing about Amazon is that uh, they're, they're constantly web labbing um, and testing to optimize around the customer experience. Um, and so, you know, what you observe today may not be what you're going to observe tomorrow. Yep. 
So as of as of this recording in 2019, this is all all factually true at this point. But, uh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I've done things before on Facebook ads, and it's literally like by the time it comes out, it, it could be wrong. We don't even know. So <laughs> it sounds like Amazon <laughs> paints never dry. Yeah, well, they and Amazon the same thing where they're reiterating this ad platform real quick right now, and it's been. I mean, a few years ago, a few years ago there was nothing, um, and now all of a sudden it just kind of blew up at this point, right? Yeah, that's right. It was actually during my tenure at Amazon that uh, we began rolling out a self-service advertising platform. So so prior to the release of Amazon Marketing Services and Amazon Media Group, um, AMS and AMG, um, the the merchandising, the search advertising, all of that was sold in a highly manual fashion by somebody like myself. Um, I was a, a marketing leader within consumer electronics. And so historically, the way that that would work is, you know, I would go to one of our vendors, let's say hypothetically Panasonic and say, we have a Q4 marketing package. You know, it's X hundred thousands of dollars, a um, little bit of banners, some stripes and then some search advertising. And then my team would go and execute on it. Um, and it was during my tenure at Amazon that we began to, to roll out these self-service platforms, initially called Amazon Marketing Services, which was a self-service uh, search advertising platform. I guess not too dissimilar from Google AdWords, aside from the fact that, you know, it's on a retail platform, which brings a whole host of unique dynamics. Um, and that advertising business just took off like a rocket. And it, it was a, a few factors that that drove that. Um, one being there's more product search done on Amazon than all search engines combined. So that's pretty compelling. Uh, but more than anything, it's Amazon's unique ability to report attributed sales. Um, that's something that Google and Facebook will never be able to do in any real meaningful way because the conversions simply don't happen on their platforms. Um, and that, that delivers the, the holy grail of product advertising. You've, you're probably familiar with the old saying of, I know half my ad budget is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, Amazon's largely solved for that. Uh, so they can provide you the most demonstrable ROI for your advertising dollar because they can tell you exactly how many sales you converted for each dollar you spent. Well, and the cool part is if you're doing, starting off at social, right? It's very top of the funnel. Um, people are on Facebook. They're not looking to buy a product. Like they don't. They don't want to buy a t-shirt at that moment. They want to look at pitches and you can inject yourself in there and try to get in front of them, but it's very top of the funnel. AdWords, you're coming, coming further down the funnel, right? With some buying intent, but on Amazon, you're looking to buy something like it's, you don't go on Amazon to just like research things or like look at photos. You're on Amazon most likely because you are in buying mode. So it's, it's very, so it's not like you have to design this whole funnel. You can, you, I'm guessing you pay a lot more per ad you can do that because you're not going to, you know, start at the top and bring a hundred people in and bring, you know, 50 people down to the next level. And then to get five sales, you know, if people click on it, it's just a conversion, right? They're either going to buy or not buy at that point. Is that kind of the, that's right. That's right. Um, and you know, the, the, there is uh, continued CPC pressure that's increasing as Amazon's advertising becomes more and more popular. Um, I've actually heard uh, Scott Galloway provide the analogy that what, what Amazon advertising has done is kind of taken that traditional marketing funnel and sort of draw it into more of a wine glass shape. Um, the bottom of the funnel is just getting much, much deeper. Um, so whereas Google and Facebook were much lower in the funnel prior, um, now with the, the release of Amazon advertising, you have the ability to just reach so much further down. Um, 
And, you know, surveys have indicated that 70% of buying decisions are made at the point of sale. So, you know, if I'm a consumer brand, I want to saturate that bottom of the funnel. Um, and I think kind of longer term, what we're seeing here is that Amazon is at the vanguard of what is the next major disruption to media and advertising. And it, it's commerce advertising. The ad dollar is just moving to the point of sale. So, you know, Walmart, Target, Kroger, Instacart, everybody else is just scrambling to get their adver advertising business uh, stood up as quickly as possible because it's just a tremendous opportunity. Yeah, I love the expression, reaching further down the funnel, uh, right? Because it's because you could have someone else running Facebook ads, even running um, Google ads, right? And they're bringing people to a page, but then you could use Amazon to basically almost like stale those eyeballs away to say, hey, you were looking at their, um, you know, their page, their listing, and then we have this competing product right over here. Come look at us. So you can basically get someone who wasn't planning on buying, someone else brings them down the funnel, and then you basically stale them into your world at the last second. And that's the easiest conversion right there. Um, that's right. And yep. that, that's why advertisers want to saturate that that bottom of the funnel as best they can so that they don't have that sale stolen away from them. Yep. You know, and from a targeting perspective, I mean, sure, Facebook is very powerful. I can look at the videos that you've liked, you know, your your friend network, your demographics and make inferences about what you may buy. But on Amazon, I don't have to make any inferences. You looked at razors. I'm going to advertise a razor to you. You know, you bought cat food. I'm going to show you cat food. Um, it, it's just so much clear with who you want to be targeting and what the buying intent is for your customers. And, you know, they have that buying intent right now. So they're in they're in cat food buying mode at that point. So it's not, you know, Facebook, you know, they have a cat. And at some point, the cat will get hungry and need to buy food. But it might not be today. If you're on Amazon looking for cat food, you have a hungry cat, you're buying cat food. Like that's that's the mode you're in. That's right. That's right. All right, I'm sold. So let's say we want. To, so let's say right now someone's out there. They're doing social. Might be doing some uh, PPC on Google, but they want to get into Amazon. What's kind of what are the next steps? Like, what do you do? What do you look for? Yeah. So getting started with Amazon advertising can be daunting because it is so new and so unique. Um, you know, first and foremost, you need to make sure that your catalog is retail ready before you start throwing dollars at it. So what I mean by that is you need to make sure that your detail page content is all up to snuff and it's going to convert at a high rate. So you've got to have good product descriptions, good images, your pricing has got to be on point. But then also there's all the back end. So you need to make sure that your products are in stock, that you have plenty of inventory available to them uh, for your customers, um, and that just generally your house is in order before you start investing. Because, you know, you simply can't point to a product detail page if the product is out of stock. Um, especially, you know, if you're a first party uh, vendor, um, you may be pointing to a detail page where your products are out of stock and a third party seller is going to take advantage of that. Now, that's only with the the sponsored brands ads, sponsored products will actually dynamically pause if that's that's the case. But um, all that is to say, uh, there's quite a bit of initial legwork that you need to make sure is done and that your house is in order before you start pointing traffic to it. Yeah. So um, any, any issues are basically get amplified at this because you're, you're going to amplify traffic. So if you did have some out of stocks before it's just, and you tax the traffic, it'd be 10 times worse, except, that's now, right. except now you're paying for that traffic. <laughs> that's right. Okay. That's right. So don't do that. All right. So I feel like that's a people, that's a, the step a lot of people are just going to skip over and kind of. But like it's that's an important step, right? Of going there and really just making sure things are just tight and like ready to 
ready to scale at that point, right? That's right. And some of these steps, you know, they're not easy. Ratings and reviews are not an, an easy thing to drive on Amazon. Um, there are some creative ways to get that done, but more often than not, uh, given Amazon's terms of service, you got to play above board and you got to have quality products that customers are going to provide four or five star reviews. Um, so then uh, getting started with it, you know, there there are the two primary units that I, I discussed previously being sponsored brands and sponsored products, the bulk of your ad investment is going to be going to sponsored products. Uh, typically at maturity, it's going to be over 70% of your ad dollars will go to those sponsored products units. And fortunately, they're, they're fairly easy to get going with because there's no creative. So with that, the targeting is either keyword targeting or Amazon has these automated units that you can just switch on and put a CPC bid on. Before you do that, what is the difference when you said a sponsored brand or a sponsored product? What's the difference and how does that work? Yeah, of course. So um, sponsored products, those are the very organic units that appear within search with a little sponsored tag in the corner. It, it looks very much like in ASIN or SKU um, showing up organically within your, your search results. Um, then sponsored brands is going to take the entire top of the search results, it's going to have a call to action. It's going to have a little bit of creative in there. Um, and it's more of a banner type uh, placement. And with that, you are either pointing traffic to an Amazon store that you have created or to a selection of, of products within search results. Whereas with sponsored products, you're pointing to an individual detail page for an individual product. So it's almost like sponsored products is a little simpler at that point. You don't have to do as much foundation. You can, you just can just have, you could literally just have one product and say, here are the products, let's come buy it. For a, a brand, you might have a collection of, I don't know, socks, right? And you have 10 different types and you can kind of have a page and showcase them, that sort of thing. That's right. Got That's it. right. Okay. Now, then you get into how do you target these individual units? And, you know, primarily we're talking about keyword targeting. There, there are some some other options that are that are powerful, but um, for the sake of simplicity, let's focus on just keyword targeting. Um, you want to understand sort of how to break down your various tactics so that you can invest your advertising dollars intelligently. So breaking out your campaigns by branded, non-branded, competitive conquest, um, because you're going to have a very different strategic approach um, for these different uh, categories of keywords. Um, of course, your, your non-branded and your competitive stuff, those are going to be the most incremental to your business, meaning for the most part, we're finding net new customers um, versus branded more often than not, these were customers who were looking for your products anyways. Um, you know, they came and searched for Colgate toothpaste and you showed them Colgate toothpaste. Um, so you're going to take a, a different strategic approach there to try to maximize the ROI for your advertising dollar. Typically, it's going to be um, an upsell or some other brand strategic initiative where maybe you have a new hero skew that you want to start driving traffic to. Would you recommend starting off with kind of the branded <clears throat> approach? I feel like that's a little lower hanging fruit than people already know you, right? Obviously, because they're searching for you. 
Yeah, it's a common question. You know, you find that uh, a lot of advertisers struggle with whether or not they should be spending on their their branded terms because, again, uh, they don't see it as incremental to their business. Um, and given the choice, they would prefer to try to drive incremental new customers on non-branded terms. But th the reality is, is that on Amazon, you can't make these decisions in a vacuum. And if you're not protecting your branded terms, you better believe you're going to have a competitor in there who's trying to swipe your customers away. So, in some ways, it's it's kind of a tax on your business that you're you're gonna have to pay to protect it. Um, the nice thing about the way that Amazon's algorithms work is that you actually pay less if your products have a higher click-through rate. Um, so it will be much cheaper for you to own your branded terms than it would be for a competitor, because obviously they're going to have a much lower click-through rate on, on your branded terms. Um, would you recommend so, Would you recommend everyone does that? Like, let's say no, one's, no one else is coming after your branded terms. You can search, your competitor is on, on there. Would you still recommend a brand just doing it to kind of lay down the protection? Like, put the fence up or if no one else is um trying you'll probably be first anyway so is there a point of paying i guess that yeah yeah i mean best case scenario is that you've invested in some technology that can control this on your behalf um at downstream we provide such technology so that you know you can manage this and you can set um all of your advertising activities so if you have a competitor come in and try to do that um you can fire a unit um but with that, uh, it, it depends on what you're trying to achieve strategically. You know, are you trying to trade people up to your higher end electric toothbrush? Well, then in that instance, you you should put an ad there and try to move everybody up from your $30 electric toothbrush to your $150 electric toothbrush. Um, or are you trying to swap out some out of life product? Um, so again, it, it, it comes down to some of those more uh, strategic decisions on a brand level. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So then next, so if you're bidding on keywords at this point, and let's say you're doing the branded and you want all oh, you want to kind of go for the uh, more generic, what do you kind of do from there? Yeah. So from there, it's a matter of what, what are the keywords that I should focus on? Um, and there's a variety of different resources out there that, you know, claim to offer um, all of the most critical keywords that a brand should care about. But I, I think one thing that is often underappreciated and that brands need to be aware of is that in most categories on Amazon, the bulk of the search traffic is concentrated in the head. And what I mean by that is you have a few head keywords in most categories, say three to five keywords that drive the bulk of the traffic. You're going to find a little bit more nuance when you get into consumer electronics and, and some other categories. But, you know, you think about your own search behavior on Amazon. If, if you're looking for toilet paper, you search toilet paper. And then from there, you're going to use the dynamic filters on the left nav to say, I want it to be prime. I want these brands within these price points. Um, and so that's where it, it becomes kind of an efficiency game. Um, you know, if, if you're advertising uh, toilet paper and you're trying to get more share of voice on that term, um, you need to find creative solutions that are going to allow you to gain uh, an advantage against the competition. And, and oftentimes that is uh, third party technology that can do that for you. Um, or, you know, having somebody who is just kind of fingers on keyboards 24 seven, uh, doing it on your behalf, which is daunting to say the least. What would you be changing though at that point? So let's say you are bidding on your, you know, toilet paper keyword, like what is that individual or the technology manipulating on a day-to-day -day basis? Like what's changing? 
Yeah, yeah. Happy to dive into that a little bit. Because I think, so, I think most people have this dream, right? Where they go, they've been on the top keyword, they're number one, and you know, at, uh, orders just come in nonstop, right? And you don't, <laughs> and then kind of like every month, you kind of just look and you say, "Oh, this is great," and then you check back next month and oh, this is great, but it doesn't really work like that. Yeah, yeah. So I'll provide a, a real specific example of where you know machine learning automation can assist you in driving greater efficiency for your ad dollar. So. On Amazon, every campaign has a daily budget and it's a second price auction. So you're always going to have more competitors in the morning and less competitors in the evening because their daily budgets just expire throughout the day. And so with that, you're going to have less upward pressure later into the evening. So if you have a finite amount of dollars to spend, which most advertisers do, um, you're going to be better served trying to advertise uh, later in the day than in the morning when everybody's got a fresh budget and CPCs are really high. Um, so that is something that, you know, machine learning automation is able to capitalize on and find the most efficient times during the day from both a cost per click standpoint and a conversion rate standpoint for you to be promoting your products. Um, and, you know, it does help that these systems are 24-7, 365, making these optimizations on your behalf rather than, you know, somebody sitting at a desk nine to five and, you know, spending a, a few minutes every day on it. Uh, okay. That's a good one, right? Because then you're basically saying the goal is to make the budget, um, you know, last until like Peter out our midnight instead of noon at that point. And then so you might just be ramping up at noon and kind of going full throttle for the rest of the day versus going the other direction. That's right. That's right. I mean, the analogy that I often use is that that first minute in the morning, it's just like a barroom brawl. You know, everybody is <laughs> in there just fighting against each other and you're much better off waiting till the fight's over and stepping in and, you know, collecting all the prize. Yeah, um, I've never thought of that one. That's a good one. What other examples like that? That's a good one right there. Yeah. So then, you know, finding efficiency in the tail. Um, so Amazon has this kind of tail of search behavior that just sort of runs on forever. People coming in and searching for very specific things. And it's difficult, nearly impossible for, for a human being to go in and be able to identify all those keywords and be able to efficiently manage how you're bidding against them. Um, but with machine learning autom automation, um, it can continually make optimizations on your behalf to be able to identify where there are those little nuggets of gold um, and, and double down on them. Um, you know, oftentimes you'll find that there's some keyword in there that your competitor isn't focused on. And more often than not, there's a whole collection of keywords that they're not bidding on and maybe uncovered and provide you an opportunity. Um, so that's another example where, where automation can do that on your behalf. Um, then also something that's, that's pretty unique to Amazon advertising versus say Google, you know, on, on Google, you're, you're pointing to a static URL or maybe a, a set of static URLs. For the most part, you just can set it and forget it as far as where you're pointing the traffic towards. Um, but on Amazon, it's a much more dynamic environment. You know, a, a large CPG manufacturer might have 10,000 ASINs that they have in their catalog and, you know, they're pointing traffic at thousands of them. At the same time, Amazon is price matching every retailer in the known universe and every second of the day, changing your profitability profiles. You've got lost buy box to third party sellers. You've got rep out of stock as products are going in and out of stock ratings and reviews on and on and on and on. So all that is a very dynamic environment. 
And so having a system that can make intelligent decisions about which products you should promote when, which products are having the highest click-through rate, highest conversion rate, based on a whole host of different uh, puts and takes, um, that is incredibly powerful to, to you as an advertiser because you have so many other variables that you have to control for. Yeah, okay, I see. Yeah, I feel I feel like some of this, you get a little bit of this on like an AdWords, um, but it sounds like having this on Amazon, it's kind of just like the the stakes have been upped basically. Are you bidding more per keyword at that point because it's so low in the funnel or like what is the actual, like what ends up with the bids themselves or is there a strategy to that? Yeah, it, it, it really depends on the category. Um, so there are, are some categories where, you know, the, the big advertisers still aren't playing in any really significant way. Um, you know, you're lucky if you have a category like that. Um, but then, you know, other categories like within pet food, um, for example, you know, every brand in that space is an 800 pound CPG gorilla with just massive budgets to spend. So try competing against a term like dog food. Um, it, it, it's, it's a rough place to try to fight. Um, so it's kind of a category by category basis. Um, and I think the same is true for, for Google, you know, you have specific categories where the competition is, is really high, like, you know, men's razors, for example, on Google, because you've got all these DTC brands that you're competing against as well as, you know, the big guys. Um, so, so yeah, category yeah. by category, it varies. But let's say you're, you know, you are selling dog food or races, or you can, you're in one of those bigger categories. Um, I know the kind of tactic in AdWords and a Google would be to just niche real far down. It would be, you know, I want to sell dog food to, I don't know, diabetic Labradors. I don't know. Like you'll find some <laughs> yeah. very bizarre thing that all, you know, the, the labs with diabetes will love this dog food and you bid on dog food for diabetic Labradors and there's like no, and it's like you know, not as much volume, but you can still win. Is that kind of the same play on Amazon or is there a different kind of tactic there? Yeah. I mean, again, it is more of a, a head game on Amazon in that you've got a lot more volume that is, that is up top in, you know, dog food, cat food, et cetera. Um, and so you do have to play on those terms. Um, but again, it's about doing it efficiently. Um, there are also some other really powerful opportunities uh, within Amazon's advertising offerings and, and not to get too far in the weeds. But, for example, Amazon provides these uh, little automated sponsored product units. Um, best practice is to have one of those units um, running on every single ASIN within your catalog because the bulk of the search inventory that those products uh, are picking up is not actually within search. Um, they're on the product detail pages. There's these little shovelers that sit below the fold on Amazon product detail pages. And Amazon discounts the CPCs that you pay on those. Um, and given the amount of traffic that goes to detail pages on Amazon, there's a, a ton of really, really valuable inventory on those pages that you can get at a, at a great value. Are we talking um, about the ones, um, you know, if you scroll a little further down on a details page where it says other people have purchased and then there's the other people and sponsored. I, that's right. That's okay. right. It's that sponsored shoveler. Got it. Okay. So you want to try to get as much of that inventory as possible. And the, the way that you do it is either with a ASIN target 
detail pages or um, uh, automated um, sponsored products units. So it, it's little tricks like that that can help you gain uh, a tremendous amount of efficiency for your ad dollar um, if you are in one of these categories where you're just fighting tooth and nail against you know big advertisers with deep pockets. The audio broke up a little there. I'll make sure we got that. Are you targeting those on a per ASIN basis? So you're going after them very much saying like, very like laser targeting. Hey, I want to, I want to put my ad on this ASIN or is there something else you're doing now? Like how is that targeting done? Yeah, you can do that. You can go ASIN by ASIN and target those, or you can use the, the, the audited function on sponsored products and the system will kind of determine which detail pages. And so long as you kind of keep your CPCs low, you can get um, really broad reach with those and, and uh, pick up a lot of inventory um, on those detail pages at, at a great value. So you'd recommend going with the automated one, but setting your max CPC to something, you know, you can stomach, right? Something fairly low. Yeah. Some, That's right. Something That's can right. Start low, right? Start low. Um, but then just let the automated thing scour the, um, you know, scour the Amazon pages and find out what's best for you. Yeah. And, and, and the key here is, is promote every ASIN in your catalog that, that you want to continue selling. Um, you know, don't just focus on, you know, your five heroes. Um, you can pick up a, a tremendous amount of volume in the long tail if you are promoting every, every ASIN in your catalog. Mm, okay. Is there like a learning phase? Because I know with like Facebook, for example, for those first X number of days or hours or impressions or whatever, however they measure it, it just, you know, don't expect those results to actually mirror the real results. So you have to always have to do it and let it kind of learn for a little bit. Does Amazon have that same sort of thing or is it just, you know, magically no day one? Yeah. So Amazon does have the luxury of having a lot of metadata associated with every single ASIN. And so the, the that learning curve is, is pretty fast. Um, you don't generally have a long period of inefficiency with those automated campaigns. Now with sponsored products, um, they do have a 30-day look back for relevancy. So they do mature and get more efficient over time. Um, and, and so you want to, whenever possible, um, maintain your old campaigns and not uh, terminate them because there is a lot of value in how they've kind of uh, matured over time as they're gaining greater efficiency. So some learning, but not as extreme as like a Facebook. Yeah. Okay, got yeah. it. Is yeah. there anything... Do you have to worry about the creative at all or is, is the creative just a product page and like that's it? Or do you have any other control of what the actual creative is and how that converts? Sponsored products, it's, it's not something that you have to deal with. Um, with sponsored brands, you have a very small um, creative placement um, and you can opt to put your logo there. You can opt to put a, another piece of creative there. Um, or, uh, you can use a, a hero image from one of your ASIN detail pages. And then you have the option on the other side of it to select three ASINs that you want to promote within, within that unit. And then there's just, a, about 50 characters, a copy there for a call to action, which Amazon is pretty restrictive about what you can put there. So quite honestly, the, the creative burden for Amazon advertising is, is almost nothing. Yeah, it sounds like you get started. I mean, you don't have to worry about the creative. You don't have to worry about the learning phase. Um, you can do a lot of the automation, so you can kind of just like jump in there, right? By the sound of it. Yeah, it, it's it's the blocking and tackling on the back end that is the biggest challenge. Yeah. Um, so very different, I guess, from from Facebook and and Google in that sense, of course. So we talked about a lot of different um, technologies at Amazon, different ad placements, different ways of running those ads. Let's say. 
like I know if this is a conversation about Facebook, right? Everyone says you should at least start day one with just remarketing. Like that's like the low hanging fruit. Like everyone should be, even if you're not running top of the funnel, you should be remarketing. What's kind of the equivalent on Amazon that, hey, if you don't want to do all of this, you minimum, at the minimum, you should be doing X. Like what is that X? Right, right. So, so Amazon does have their DSP. So in the same way that you can do the remarketing on, on Facebook, you, you have the opportunity to do that as well. Well, well maybe not um, even remarketing, but is one of these, right. is, are one of these like the low hanging fruit that you recommend people starting with on Amazon? Yeah. Yeah. So I would recommend sponsored products, create some auto campaigns and, you know, upload every ASIN in your catalog that you want to sell and get started there. Um, you should also, uh, take a look to see if people are in fact bidding on your branded terms. Odds are they, that they are. Um, and if you got the budget to do it, stop that. Um, because you know, that's a leaky bucket in most instances and you want to make sure that they're not diverting your customers to, to their brands. So, uh, put up that wall, draw that moat, um, but yeah, I would say the easiest way to get started is to to fire up some sponsor products, auto campaigns across your catalog. Okay, so protect your brand, fire up the automated ones, and just see how they do, right? And see kind of what's getting any sort of conversions, click throughs, that sort of thing, and then go from there. Yeah. And the thing about those auto campaigns is they give you a keyword report after the fact. And so you do get to see what keywords uh, they're hitting on and how effective they are. Um, and then through uh, some uh, various technology options, you know, downstream, we offer a solution like this um, that can ingest the high performing keywords and begin putting those into manually targeted campaigns. Um, so you can begin to build um, that database of uh, highly effective keywords and start taking a more targeted approach uh, in, in how you're investing in them. Okay. So you start off with the automatic. So, and this is something, something you guys kind of do automatically, but the manual version of this would be run the automated ones, look at the keywords, see what performs well, and then basically pull them out and then bid on those separately and maybe even higher, you know, run your autos at a lower bid. And your targeted ones possibly a higher bid, but then you have control over those, right? Once you know, hey, these convert reasonably well. That's right. It's a it's a harvesting strategy. You know, you you can kind of send these drones out there, and they're going to tell you what keywords are really effective, um, and then from there you can try to get more efficient as you target them with a, a more concerted and specific effort. I like that. All right, and that's something yeah. great. So. And that's something it sounds like you guys do kind of with the machine learning. So if people kind of want to learn more about you or downstream, where can they do so? Uh, downstreamimpact.com. Awesome. And uh, if they want to contact you or anything else like that, we can link in the show notes. Absolutely. Awesome. I will uh, add all that. So thank you very much for coming on. This was uh, super helpful. Thank you, Charles. It's been a pleasure.